Hello everybody, welcome to Nintendo Power Block, NGR Radio's Nintendo Podcast. I am your host, the one, the only, the Yosho himself, Mr. Eddie V. And joining me is the wise Wisconsinite, Mr. Jesse Douglas. Hey, what's going on? Yes, everything is all good and dandy. Unfortunately, Bossman couldn't uh, make it. He was really working hard on the website. And really working hard because everybody as you can see the new season of NGR just everywhere all our shows has officially started yes uh, Nurse Gone Rogue Nintendo Power Block Arsenal X uh, Nurse Gone Platinum uh, we have all come together to start our new season so this is a new season new day hopefully you guys like the layout of nintendo uh power block here on our youtube and on ngrradio.com our whole website uh Corey has been working really hard to get this up so um thank you to him getting our blogs looking tight and ready chest it's just so good that uh we have a a, a boss who really wants the best in all our content so he's been working very hard and uh just want to really thank him for it but yes unfortunately he's not able to make it so he's gonna uh, take a re- uh, a rest uh for this episode and he'll be back next week to host and everything but we're going to actually get into what we've been playing um jesse <laughs> uh what you been playing I've been playing the waiting game for uh, Mario Party to come out. <laughs> That's what I've been playing. <laughs> I got it pre-installed, ready to play it, just waiting for it to be active. But uh, <laughs> other than that, I, I've i been playing some, uh, some Bayonetta, mostly, mm-hmm. on my Switch. And uh, a little of the Messenger. I kind of... With our with our um, our uh, backlog challenge stuff mm-hmm. and all that, uh, been trying to work on stuff that kind of stuff, um, which I guess we haven't even really officially talked about yet. But we'll we'll get into that more probably on. That'll probably be more of an Arsenal X thing that we talk about that and get into that, huh? Yes. Yeah. So we'll. You'll you'll hear about that kind of stuff later then, but um, yeah. So I I've been playing that mostly, and then um, I I played um, little a little Siege uh, on Xbox, and that's pretty much it for right now. Oh, okay, uh, I know for me for Switch. Um, I played um, Puyo Puyo Tetris. I'm on World 2. Uh, I was getting my tail kicked in World 10. Like, dude, I was, like, dying like crazy. Or <laughs> not dying. I said I was losing like crazy. And I'm like, I'm doing all what I, I'm supposed to do. And was just not making it. So I'm on World 2, getting a, a little bit further into that game. Uh, play Mega Man 11, the demo, with the Pro Controller. And that is definitely the way to play. Uh, okay. I, I think I gotta switch some buttons around, like, uh, the time mechanic and stuff. Uh, I have to switch that on my, uh, ZR and ZL buttons because, um, because on the Pro Controller, uh, and just like the regular Joy-Cons, they put it on L and R. And mm-hmm. since L and R is so close, you sometimes forget that it's up there and you'll miss it. And if definitely if you've been playing like PS2, PS4, I should say, 
an Xbox One, when you hear right trigger or left trigger, you don't never think of left bumper, right bit bumper, because sometimes you got to take out your hands off the controller to hit it. Um, mm-hmm. depending on how, how the configuration is set up. So mm-hmm. I might have to switch the buttons once again. Um, but yeah, I was playing it on the pro controller and the gameplay was tight that way. So I'm, I think I'm probably going to advise people if you decide to get Mega Man 11 on Switch, if you're fine with the Droid Cons, that's great. But I say definitely for me, I'm playing it with the pro controller. Um, yeah, it, it fits my style and it feels real good, um, for that. Um, I been adopted, uh, uh, and if you haven't seen my, uh, post on, uh, Facebook, uh, for people who do, who know me, um, uh, I forgot to put it on, uh, Nurse Gone Platinum and stuff and Nintendo Pop like an Arsenal X. Uh, but, um, I have been adopted by, uh, Moose from Nurse Gone Platinum. He is my, Bloodborne dad, uh, and Matthew Keel, uh, shout out to him. He will be my grandfather, <laughs> my Bloodborne <laughs> grandfather. And I had to figure it out because I was just like, well, you could be my uncle. And I didn't know the history, uh, on how Matt and, uh, Moose got into playing Bloodborne. But now that I, I found out, I'm like, okay, so now you're my grandpapa. So, uh, <laughs> but yeah, me and Moose played Bloodborne, uh, last week. Um, uh, really had fun playing it. Uh, really enjoyed it. Uh, I, I, st- I still have my problems with it. Um, uh, but, uh, Moose is, was such a great, like, new man. He was just so humble and just so good. And I was just like, <laughs> thank you very, thank you. So, uh, we're going to be playing more, uh, and hopefully, It'll probably be me, Moose, and if Matt comes in or Corey jumps in or whoever jumps in and wants to play Bloodborne with me. Uh, hopefully we can get through the game and, uh, once I'm finished it, I could put it away. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I, I was adopted by Moose. Uh, but shout out to the guys at Nurse Gone Platinum also. Um, and, um, for uh, Xbox One, I finished Shadow of the Tomb Raider. Um, I'm going to talk a little bit more on tomorrow's episode of Arsenal X. So you guys will be able to check that out. Um, I do have a view, a review up. So you guys can read it on ngrradio.com. Just go to Eddie V's optional opinion, uh, blogs and you would definitely see my review for Shadow of the Tomb Raider. Um, me and Corey kind of have been discussing it and I kind of been talking to some other people on Twitter and, um, like I mentioned before is, um, is I, I feel like Rise is better, but this game is really good. It, it is like kind of game of the year nomination and stuff. Um, but you guys can read my thoughts and, uh, see the review. Um, and just to let everybody know my review score, I always do Yoshi coins. I, I don't do numbers or grades really. Um, but so my Yoshi coins go from, uh, zero Yoshi coins um to five so if i if the game is just completely terrible i'll be like you get no yoshi coins i i, I just say that you are uh a garbage bin full of rocks <laughs> your game is that bad but um i kind of do the start the number stuff with the yoshi coins and stuff so um you guys can read upon that now that i finished that i could get back into uh quantum break soon um ended up playing streets of race 2 with one of my friends uh uh skyward king um and you guys can check out his podcast also sorry Corey, if you're listening to this i'll give him a, qu- a quick plug um the skyward cast uh uh did uh, i've been a guest on his podcast and stuff he's he's an awesome person but we played streets of race 2 and I I think I'm gonna write a blog on the rules of playing a beat 'em up co-op. Things that you guys <laughs> should know, um, and you probably will be able to agree to these rules, because uh, I I I I was laughing, I was smiling, but I <laughs> there were some words being said, some nice words. Some nice critical <laughs> words, I say. Um, no cussing or anything. Uh, but yeah, we, uh, we play Streets of Race 2 and we actually beat it. We beat it in one setting. So, um, 
that was fun but yeah i'm gonna be jumping back into quantum break like starting chapter two uh of the game like getting to do that part and hopefully probably by the end of this week i'll be done with the game uh uh, that's part of my extinction list and then keep on working on more games and stuff but yeah uh i i I played a little bit of Dead Cells, um, also on Switch. I'm sorry, everybody. Okay. Played a little bit of Dead Cells on Switch, um, and the Messenger, uh, got a little bit further into that. So, um, I'm going to be trying to work on those games also this week and, uh, get, in, get ready for some PS4 games. Cause, um, I know Forza Horizon 4 is coming out. Uh, I want to get ready for that review in Red Dead, uh, Red Dead Redemption 2. I want to be ready for that review. Uh, so I'll be playing a lot of that stuff. Um, but I'm still working on my backlog and getting the rest of these games and stuff like out, <laughs> uh, drilled down and stuff. But everybody, yeah, I, oh, go ahead. I, yeah, I actually, I forgot. I, I played a little Dead Cells too, and uh, I did actually try that uh, Mega Man 11 uh, demo as well. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, and, uh, well, I'm going to save it for Arsenal X because it deals with something that you messaged me about. And, uh,. <laughs> We'll talk on Arsenal X about that. Is it about food? Uh, No, no, not about that. Oh, we'll have a discussion about that at the end of the show. We'll give you guys something real bonus. That's not Nintendo related, but I'm going to have to have y'all opinions about this one. Uh, But uh, no, it it deals with a certain game that you messaged me about. Uh, So we'll talk about that on Arsenal X. You can think I'm about it. I'm trying to even don't, think don't, of what it is. Don't even worry about it. Don't even worry about it. Uh, but we're going to get into these news bits, everybody. Um, starting out with, there will be no more drifting around Tokyo in unlicensed Mario Karts as Nintendo wins lawsuit. And all these stories are coming from Nintendo Life. So let's get into it. Um, Japan can be both a weird and wonderful country at times with robot restaurants and cat cafes. You might have also heard about an unlicensed Mario Kart ride company located in Tokyo. Even the Australian actor Hugh Jackman, best known for playing Wolverine in the X-Men movies, has spotted these cars in action. Being a completely unlicensed Mario Kart ride business, it should come as no surprise Nintendo wasn't happy about its day-to-day operations and has finally won a lawsuit against the company. Wall Street Journal tech reporter Takashi Mochi, uh, Mochizuki was the first to reveal Tokyo's Mari Mobility Company, previously known as Mari Car, have will have to fork out 10 million yen, roughly $88,000, and immediately stop wearing Mario-themed outfits as Nintendo had complained it was damaging the reputation of the Mario Kart series. As explained by Kotaku, Nintendo originally filed a lawsuit in February 2017 with the aim to protect its value intellectual property that it had carefully built up over many years. At the time, Nintendo said it would continue to take necessary measures against infringement of intellectual property Property. Since Nintendo won the lawsuit, the Mario Mobility website has removed images of customers in Nintendo and Mario-themed costumes. Unless Nintendo now opens up its own real-life Mario Kart business in Tokyo, it's officially the end of the era. Hmm. So, yeah, $88,000. Ooh. I mean, yeah. they they should have went through Nintendo and try to, try to work something out about this. Yeah. Yeah, the uh um like I isn't there isn't there a Mario Kart thing coming out or it already did come out or something and and uh by was it by Ni- Niagara Falls or somewhere or was it um there was I thought a, I could have there swore was a there was one that I know of. Okay. But like on the uh, on the street one, they have videos and stuff of people doing it and everything. Oh, okay. All right, yeah, because I, I know that I thought there was one like maybe coming. I don't know. I don't remember where it was. I thought there was one somewhere. I want to say it was somewhere by Ni- Niagara Falls that they were mm-hmm. basically they were uh, um, advertising it as like real life Mario Kart, like where you um, you know just you drive your the carts around and stuff. And I don't know exactly how it's supposed to be like it for sure, but yeah. 
So I don't know. I guess we'll, we'll find out. Maybe we'll end up hearing about them getting sued too. But I don't. I, the one that I've seen, though, if I remember correctly, the pictures I seen of it, it didn't look like it was blatantly ripping it off. Like mm-hmm. you couldn't really tell. You know, I don't. I don't know for sure though. That was like in the early stages when it was just being talked about being built or something like that. So, ah, uh, gosh, but. Yeah, $88,000. Like, I don't think the business is closed. Um, I think mm-hmm. they changed their, they, the name is changed and I think they're still open. Um, but we'll see how, how damaging this is. Cause Timmy again is no joke. Yeah. Well, I don't know. I, I mean, I guess, you know, like business is business, but like I, like it, I wonder if they had gotten a cease and desist and they refused and then, you know, and then they took legal action or did Nintendo just go after them right away? It just, it just sounds like they went after them right away. So I don't see, I didn't, uh, they didn't. That's kind of shitty in a way. Report no cease and desist. <laughs> well, there yeah. was, I mean, there was, there was interfere, there was making money off of Nintendo's intellectual property and Nintendo was, they didn't make, you know, you can't, yeah. you, you, there's a thing between making like selling fandom stuff and yeah. selling licensed pro- products. Anything yeah. that fans like sell that Nintendo don't know of is all unlicensed. Yeah. Um, yeah. Anything that uh, Nintendo sells is licensed product. But yeah. if you go through another site like a exclusive, like if you got a Samus Aaron Transformers, because uh, uh, the people who made Transformers, Hasbro, and Nintendo yeah. came together to make an exclusive deal about that. Uh, That's a Nintendo yeah. licensed product. Yeah. Uh, yeah. IP being used, uh, even though it's part of the Transformers line. Like, it's two IPs come together and they made a deal about that. Yeah. Well, and I guess, I guess the thing is too, like, like, they, they they mentioned in that article something about it being damaging and so i don't know if maybe they were doing something that that was like just not not something that nintendo would want to be be uh associated with or something there, I, there may be reports um, but it, it's mostly, I think, the damaging stuff that people have done on the street. Because I think the Mario Kart stuff, all of them were driving on real streets, so it okay. may have been damaging oh, okay. and stuff like that. So okay, or or like yeah, or or were they just doing it and not uh, not like it was actually just uh like them just kind of doing it without without closing roads off or anything, and yeah, maybe being being yeah, being yeah. dangerous. Yep. I think that okay. that was because that's what the vi- some of the video showed in the past. But okay, um, we're gonna move on to the next uh, topic. Um, Kirby's extra epic yarn is actually compatible with all 3DS systems. As brief as the 3DS showcase was in the latest Nintendo Direct broadcast, there were still a number of new announcements. Kirby's extra epic yarn, a remake of the charming weekend from 2010, was one of them. Due out in 2019 for the 3DS, all was rosy until a listing on Nintendo's official website suggested the game will only be compatible with new Nintendo 3DS systems. Ali, there was no mention of this during the direct presentation or in even the gamers box or reference no such compatibility requirements. The PR also reinforced this by saying it will be released on the family of DDS systems. At the time, we said the chance of it being an incorrect listing on Nintendo's website was plausible, and sure enough, Nintendo has now amended its webpage for the game. The listing simply shows Nintendo 3DS with the word new finally dropped. It's safe to say the game will be playable on every 3DS system. The new version of Kirby's Epic Yarn will include features such as the ability to craft even bigger yarn bars, summon bee collecting wind, outrun a demon in new devilish mode, and play two all-new minigames featuring King DDD and Meta Knight. So there is some kind of confusion going on, and then yeah, but they fixed it. But they fixed it. You know, Nintendo <laughs> want them, Nintendo want them coins. So or, yeah. or uh, beats, I should say. So they're not going to limit it to you know exclude old players out because it, it it's a game that that's not 
that doesn't really need to push the 3D, the 3DS and the 2DS. Like it needs that extra um, processing power. It doesn't really need it, so it just makes sense of putting it all, on all 3DS systems. Yeah, and and like the only games that have really been excluded are some of the ones that use like uh, or wasn't there some that use extra buttons or something? I don't I don't remember. But, I uh, I know there's Monster, some of them Monster that don't. Hunter, Monster Hunter Generations or uh, Monster and Monster Hunter Four and uh, Xenoblade Chronicles. Um, they needed they only work on the new 3ds. Oh okay, yeah. yeah. I know. I know. Some yeah. There was some games, and then wasn't there some games that were like? Uh, well, I, I guess it was. I think it was optional, but like they would you you could get the uh, the extra joystick or whatever. Yeah, that was for Monster Hunter and like Resident. Oh Evil. Okay. okay. So when the new 3ds and the 2ds came out, they added analog and all the extra buttons and stuff, so that. Um, well, more mostly the analog and stuff, so that uh, people could play it the way um, it's now intended and stuff. Yeah, yeah. So. But we're going to move on to uh, the next one, which is kind of a big deal. Um, Sega is listening to fans would love to see Shinmu and Sequel on Switch. Prior to the 2018 Tokyo Game Show, Sega ran a poll asking what games fans wanted to see adapted to the ages line. In case you missed it, the Jet Set Radio series was at the top of the list. This covered the original game released on Dreamcast in 2000 and also Jet Set Radio feature launched on Microsoft's Xbox in 2002. Right below this was the 1999 AM2 classic Shimu along with this 2001 sequel. As noted at the time, the demand for the first two entries in the series are likely because of the recent 2-pack HD remaster made available on multiple platforms. Speaker 2 for Gamer around the same time of this year's Tokyo Game Show, Sega localization director Hiroji Noguchi said he was flattered fans had shown such strong support for the Shimu series and said it would be great if the game could be played on Nintendo's new hybrid device. And he quotes, The fans have really shown their love for Shimu, and for that I really am grateful. Personally, I think it'd be great if you could play Shimu on the Switch anywhere. Localization produce, uh, producer Ego Kashihara was more direct with his response, saying how both Dreamcast classics were in consideration now that the fans had spoken. Whether or not we could do something like that in reality, we're taking the fans' opinions into consideration. Following up on that might take some time, but it's definitely something I want to consider. So, there's a possibility that Shimu and Shimu 2 can't come to the system, it, but it hasn't aged very well. Like the controls are kind of still janky. Um, the game is kind of minimal in its task and everything. Uh, but what's your thoughts, Jesse? Yeah, I mean, you know, like I, I, I believe I played it uh, on Xbox. Um, the I want to say it was that because don't they? Then you can get them separately, can't you, on Xbox or well, at least the first one. I think the I first one, you can. yeah. I think yeah, the second, no, the second one, I think you can, uh, because that was a Microsoft exclusive. Okay, all right, yeah. I just know I, I played one of them, and yeah, like it was, like it wasn't awful, but it, it, but yeah, I mean, it just you, you know, you could tell like how out of date it was. Yeah, but, it, um, it feels like the game is very tedious. Yeah, yeah, it, in you know, but the the thing is, is you know, regardless the. You know, like it's the people who who want to play it are gonna enjoy it most likely, anyways. So I mean, you know, the more the more options people have, the better. So I'm, you know, I'm all for it, regardless if it's something I'm gonna get or not. I mean, you know, like like Corey always says, we want everything on the Switch. Yeah, <laughs> but like I. I like when they when they talk about the like Dreamcast games and stuff like that, like I'd love to see like some dream like some of those uh, original Dreamcast games come come out and get redone and stuff. And like I, I think it would be kind of cool if we got like a remastering of like Skies of Arcadia or something something yeah. like that. That you know, like get get that re remastered or even redone. I think that was on the list of. 
of it. Okay. Uh, I would have to go and look at it. Um, but I know people would love to see that game during the Sega ages. So yeah, yeah. Like I would, I prefer. I would say I prefer these Sega Ages games over the Sonic Genesis collection because it's like the same games on multiple platforms, and it's just like I, yeah. I've done this already. I I played this collection already, so yeah. I'm like, you guys need to move past the Genesis and and go to the Sega Saturn, go to the Dreamcast, heck, go back yeah. to the Master System in these. So you know, you they, Sega has tons of arcade games. They should still yeah. have those arcade code. So make an arcade collection and release it. Heck, you even well, got I, a, a you even got like a Sega Genesis emulator, uh, like the like the Nintendo Entertainment System. Yeah, 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 I, yeah. That's the thing is it's it's getting to the point now where yeah, it's so like we we've gotten so much of that stuff already. It's like yeah, I want I want to start getting like the the Dreamcast games that I loved and. And, like, you know, like, there's, yeah, there's so much stuff yet. And, like, you know, and, like, everyone, I think, already kind of knows that, like, I, I I loved Dreamcast. Dreamcast was, like, my favorite during that time. You know, like, that and that and N64 was, like, all I, you know, like, really mm-hmm. played for the most. I mean, I, I had a PS2 and, and stuff like that, too. And, I mean, I did play that a lot, too, as well. But... But like I, I loved the Dreamcast, and then, you know, and then when Xbox came out, like that, that you know, was basically the Dreamcast too, <laughs> for me. You know, is that basically was you know like every like Microsoft basically took all the the um, you know inspiration from the Dreamcast, you know, and moved over since it, the Dreamcast practically was a Microsoft product anyways. Pretty much, yeah. <laughs> so, but, but yeah, so, I'd, yeah, I'd definitely like to see some more of those Dreamcast games and stuff, and, and getting the Shinmu stuff would be, would be, you know, good for a lot of people, so. I mean, I'll, I'll pass on it. I'll get it if it's, if it's on the sale. Uh, if, it, if it's a two-pack for, like, 40 bucks, okay, I'll probably pick it up. That's fine. But if it's like $60 for that game, mm, no. <laughs> no thank you. Yeah, I don't think it will I don't think it will be. I th- I think it's probably going to be in that 29.99, 39.99 range. Which is I would range, imagine. Yeah. Because yeah. I, because ruined Sega badly. Yeah. It hurt yeah, them, it, it hurt them financially bad. And I think yeah. after, you know, the Dreamcast was in the success that it, it should have been, I think. Um, that's when they ended up going to Nintendo and uh or becoming third party. And when I seen that man, Sega becoming a th- Sega being the first party developer going to third party and ever since that they made that decision, they've been doing all right for themselves. You know, yeah. Sonic still Sonic makes them money. They still yeah. got arcades and stuff that do money that make them money. Like so Sega is Sega's maintaining. Yeah, I th- I think it's you know, like it, it was a bummer because I I I loved having their systems, mm-hmm. but at the same time, like I feel like it's it's given them a chance to really just focus on the games that they you know that they yeah. did well, and you know, and just kind of keep on trying to do that. Well, it's, um, it once they started putting a lot of their games on GameCube, they started seeing their sale now sale numbers go up. Like mm-hmm. they were making like literal bank, and they were still making some from the arcades, like with Virtual Fighter and stuff on PS2 and some of the yeah. stuff on Xbox and stuff. But Sonic was guaranteed to get them like maybe two million dollars worth of sales. Well, and they and they still did arcades too, didn't they? Yeah, they, they, they still did yeah, arcades they, and stuff. Yeah, so yeah. and I mean, you know, and during that time when they were making the transition. Arcades were still pretty big, so yeah. I mean, I, and they still are in, in many ways. It's it, just a different. It's just in different now, like with all the, you know, like arcadey type places where it's, you know, like you got the the 
places where you can get tickets and stuff, but mm-hmm. then they just kind of, you know, there's all that stuff. It's not quite as prevalent. Like, I don't feel like at least around by me, we we used to have like at least three or four arcades in town. And now I think we maybe have like two. So, yeah, I know, uh, like when some of the like really big hits that made Sega popular once again, of course, is, is Sonic. Um, but like. It had been a and retro fighter also had been one, um, but it was I think it wasn't until Yakuza, um, and it's one of those fire emblem things where it starts off niche, and then mm-hmm. just somewhere in the point of the game it becomes big. So yeah, with, with that like kind of putting Sega back in the black, I should say, um, them buying Atlas was through everybody for the loop because atlas was a company they were selling all their games was very niche they was uh selling limited quality uh quantities of their games and then when they got to the ds um and you know eShop started coming they started selling more um so for every persona that came on like ps2 uh they would put all these other games like Eternal Odyssey and stuff or, or Eternia Odyssey. I think that's what it is. Uh, they, they started putting all of these smaller games, RPGs on the DS and going from, you know, have still having physical, but putting their games on digital, people were quickly buying them. And that put Atlas in a good spot, which put Sega in a good spot. Um, when Sega t- uh, decided to publish a lot of, uh, or publish Platinum games, you know, with Bayonetta and stuff, it was a, it was a good reward, but they also got hurt when, uh, um, uh, Van- Vanquish came out. You know, Vanquish did good, but it was too, sh- like, there wasn't a big budget for it. Cause the yeah. game kind of felt rushed. Uh, I mean, it's a long game, but the game kind of felt rushed for its ending. So it didn't, okay. it, it kind of didn't get the justice though. And I think if Nintendo, and that's why a lot of people, or just, I should say me, want Nintendo and Sega to get together to allow Platinum to do Vanquish 2 exclusive for Nintendo. Because they know that if if there's a better budget there, that game could be fleshed out in a little bit longer, um, and we yeah. can actually get uh, a true ending to the series. Because it, I mean, it is there is a, there is an ending to it, or I should say, but there is still like um, there's there's still stuff that could uh, continue the story. Um, and cause, uh, and then, and, and, and at the end and, uh, two and stuff, I couldn't think of the name for it. Uh, <laughs> conclude. That's it. Uh, it can conclude at the end of two, but yeah. Well, uh, it, go ahead. I was going to say just back, just back really quick to you mentioning, uh, like how, like some of the games, like like the Monster Hunter or whatever, start mm-hmm. out kind of niche, niche, and then and then like now look at it, it's like one of the biggest selling you know games for for Sega or whatever. Capcom did Monster Hunter. Or yeah, or yeah, Monster. That, that's what you said though, wasn't it? The Monster no, Hunter. No, I said oh. uh, Monster Hunter. I said was for the last story, um, with the oh, okay. and stuff with the, and the Kirby one. Oh, uh, oh okay, Yakuza. It's a game that was very niche. Um, oh, okay. And, and it, you know, Atlas, like Atlas, they were very niche with their games. So yeah, yeah. I was, um, well, at some point you were talking about like how, like, yeah, the the like certain games will like start off not being very popular, and then all of a sudden they get really popular, and and like I feel like. Uh, I feel like a lot of the times, though, that's that like we see that happen like quite a bit, you know, occasionally where you have the, uh, you know, like a game will come out and people just don't don't get into it. Yeah. And then and then all of a sudden later on, you like all these people will later down the line start playing it. And then they're like, oh, I can't believe I didn't play this when it came out, you know, and like I feel like sometimes like certain games 
like people always say that they like when a new game comes out in a franchise that they want it to do something different but then a lot of the times you see when they do something different they don't like it yeah and it's like and it's like i feel like even though gamers like say they want something new they don't it doesn't always like they truly i don't know if they truly do right (laughs) it depends on what series it is yeah yeah so but because like uh, the go ahead uh no never mind go ahead go go ahead Uh, i was just gonna say i but yeah like that that like that to me is is like you know like you have certain games that and you know are really good, and it just takes some time for people to to find that out, and you know, and that's you know, I think what kind of happened, you know, happened a little bit with some of those games, yeah. and now that's why now we you know we people want them on Switch and stuff like that because people realize that maybe maybe this was good. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So we're going to move on to the next story. Xenoblade uh, Chronicles 2 has exceeded expectations following strong sales outside of Japan. Octopath Traveler might be the most popular JRPG released on the Nintendo Switch in recent times, but that doesn't mean other games within the genre haven't been performing. Monolith Soft Executive Director Tsuya Takashi has revealed a Xenoblade Chronicles 2 and the game's DLC, Torna, The Golden Country, have both surpassed the company's expectations. Speaking to US, U.S. Gamer via a phone interview, Takahashi had the following to say about the game's market performance. From a sales perspective, I have to say Xenoblade Chronicles 2 exceeded, it, exceeded my expectations. We really saw more people pick the game up and experience it in the North American and European territories than we thought would do so. It's still early days for the Torna DLC, but from what we've seen in Japan, the sales of the Torna DLC are exceeding our expectations as well. While Takahashi wasn't willing to provide any concrete details about the future of the series, he did say the new entries could take a different direction, a bit like how the Wii U entry Xenoblade Chronicles X adopted a harder sci-fi settings with mechs and planet explorations. I'm someone who gets bored of whatever it was I did last. If Xenoblade Chronicles series continue, oh, if the Xenoblade Chronicles series continues, you just might see it take a third option. It might go down a path it hasn't gone down before so i'm i'm happy uh it, it was a game that i brought on day one being Corey got the collection of it i got the pro controller I'm, I'm super stoked i do need to still pick up the dlc and i still need to beat the game sorry everybody people we, we said this many, me and Corey said this many times we jump around games and systems that's us um but <laughs> i have it like in my case and literally every time i take my uh switch with me uh on the go um xenoblade chronicles is, 2 is always in the case ready to go ready to be played yeah yeah i'm <laughs> i'm the same way though like with with uh you know pl- playing games there's i could i just can't i have a hard time keeping the one game but yeah, it's it's uh, you know for people people who are into that that game it sounds sounds like a good uh, good deal. So <laughs> yeah, so we're gonna move on. Uh, Super Mario Run makes a big cameo in Apple iPhone XS commercial. Uh, prior to the release of Super Mario Run on mobile, it might have been a shock to see Mario in an iPhone commercial. Nowadays, it's not that surprising. Tomorrow is. To promote its new iPhone XS and iPhone XS Max, Apple has released a commercial about upsizing, with Mario making an appearance in it just after the halfway mark. Titled Growth Spurt, the short one-minute clip shows food, objects, and even pets growing in size. To help drive home the point, Apple's new device is a lot bigger than past models. Mario's inclusion in the commercial makes a lot of sense. Unfortunately, though, the mushroom behind the act is not credited. Super Mario Run was originally released on the Apple Store for iOS devices in December 2016. This followed with its release on Google Play in March 2017. In July this year, since Tower revealed it had netted about $60 million in profits from worldwide players spending since its launch. So they're they're taking the, the Mario route while uh, Android is doing the whole Fortnite thing. 
exactly. or Samsung, I should say. <laughs> yes. So we just got one more story. Um, Bandai Neko and HTC are bringing Mario Kart VR to the United States. Uh, following the successful launch of Japan and the UK, the Mario Kart Arcade GP VR experience is now on its way to the United States. Bandai Neko and HTC will bring the immersive Mario Kart game to the new VR Zone portal in Washington, D.C. Mario Kart VR allows four players to hop into specialty design carts and race through the Mushroom Kingdom as Mario, Luigi, Peach, and Yoshi. It's powered by the HTC Vive VR system and features in- in- industry-leading graphics along with all the usual items you would find in a Mario Kart game. Bandai Neko's U.S. sales boss, Steve Iganarski, expects the game to be well-received locally. He states, the launches in Japan and the UK brought great success and we hope to follow suit in Washington, D.C. Mario Kart VR is a long-awaited title and we have no doubt it will be well-received in the States. Due to its incredible immersive gameplay and outstanding equipment from HTC Vive. The VR Zone Portal is part of Bandai Neko's arcade division. The aim is to make VR more accessible to the public. Mario Kart VR was built by Bandai Neko, previously known for working on the Mario Kart arcade series. The zone will run for six months in Union Station in Washington, D.C. It will then pack up and move on. Okay. That's so, okay, that's cool. Yeah, I, I wanted to say that there were, like... Like we were talking about this earlier with the with the other stuff, that other article. And I want to say, wasn't there? Isn't there talks about them building a a Mario World in Disney, like in, in J- Disney in area? Japan they are. Oh, okay. Yeah. All right. Okay. But not here in America. All right. No, not in America. Okay. Yeah, was, I think that was where there was talks of them making a Mario Kart or whatever. So that mm-hmm. that's probably there already. Then that's probably the one of the places that they're talking about that it was doing well in. I'm guessing. Um, yeah, like that. That would be awesome to have. Like they, it's too bad that we couldn't get something like that at the Disney here. Oh, you know, Italy, or or Italy would be packed, dude. If that happened. yeah. I know, like that, like honestly, like, and who knows? Maybe, maybe the, what this the thing that they're starting in Washington is just a trial to see to maybe test the market and stuff like that, and just see see if they can get an idea of of how much it would cost to run it mm-hmm. versus how much they would make and stuff like that. Like, you know, it's the maybe the, you know this will be hopeful for us that we maybe we'll someday get something like that. Uh, exactly. That would be a more permanent. Exactly. Huh. Well, everybody, we're going to have a quick bonus discussion. Uh, so me and Jesse and Corey was talking, and mostly me and Jesse was having this this discussion. And so, picture yourself Friday night. You just got your brand new Nintendo game or and indie game. Something for your Switch, 3DS, PS4, let's add PS4 and Xbox, PC, whatever. You just got a brand new video game. But because this is Power Block, we're trying to keep it Nintendo. And you want to order pizza. Mmm, Domino's, Pizza Hut, whatever local pizza place that you have that's Dan Crust, uh, original cheese field, whatever you eat your pizza. New York pizza style, Chicago style, whatever. And you decided you got all of these options as ingredients to put on your pizza. So, we and Jesse was talking. And he said, I'm having pizza fries with pickles. <laughs> uh, gyros. Pickles on a pizza? Jesse, explain yourself. <laughs> All right. So first off, because you you didn't even know what pizza fries were, but yeah, I've um, never heard of them. So basically, like what what they call pizza fries, like you can get you can get them in the store. Like if if they sell Jack's pizzas, mm-hmm. you guys have Jack's pizzas and stuff in the store, right? We, we have the by you. We have Jack's pizzas, but we just only have the pizzas. We don't have anything specialty that they make. 
Okay, okay. And uh, and and who knows? Like I mean, I would imagine that they've got to sell those other places as well because it's I don't think that's something that they would just make for here cuz I don't think they make them at the plant that I used to work at. Mm-hmm. Um they the plant I used to work at made a whole bunch of stuff uh stuff, but I don't think they ever made those. But anyways, okay, so what pizza fries are basically is you have the pizza crust and then they make a, a garlic-based sauce that goes, you know, kind of similar to like that sauce that they had at uh, that they have at like uh, Papa John's or something. Yeah. And so you basically you they put that on the on the um and for the sauce instead of like tomato sauce, and then and then you put cheese on it, and then usually they put seasoning like a garlic like kind of or a seasoning of some sort on the top of it, of the cheese mm. and that's basically it and then they put a pouch of of the pizza sauce in it that you that you warm up by itself to dunk it in like like a you marin- would like, like marinara sauce yeah yeah okay. yeah it's pizza it's pizza sauce you know, like it, it's pizza sauce and it's just yeah you're basically like like well, dunking off they marinara is the pizza sauce only reason only reason why is because when you get breadsticks and stuff like that they call yeah. them marinara sauce and so when you're getting breadsticks like at Domino's or something they use the same thing yeah which i mean i'm i'm guessing it's probably pretty similar but mm-hmm. i would i would imagine though there might be a difference in just seasonings that go in the the sauce yeah. between a pizza and a, and a marinara because they, they sell it, pizza think, sauce and marinara sauce in the stores so like well, it, they're different it, it might depend on the texture and depending yeah. on uh the ingredients uh because yeah. they don't well, put yeah, because they don't marinara really... sauce can be thicker. I think. Yeah, it times. it can, uh, but it, it almost kind of tastes like pizza sauce. Uh, kind of, or, or or because there are some piece, there's some sauce that's paste based, and yeah. marinara is not really paste. It's like almost well, depending on who, where you're getting at, like at Fridays or Chili's or something like that. That marinara sauce is different. Yeah, and the texture yeah. and stuff. But I understand what you're. But, saying. but yeah, either way, they, they, it's basically it's you know like it, they they just call it pizza the pizza sauce or whatever that they put in it, mm-hmm. and then they put it on the top. And so so then basically what I did is I there was this video that had gone viral, um, and and it's this uh, place in New York that that's uh, made a. Uh, um, basically the same thing it's a as a garlic you know like the garlic based sauce and all that and then the cheese and and then and then they put pickles on top of it and 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 i seen that and i'm like you know what that i think that would actually be pretty good because i've had pickles on pizza before like when like if you get you like if you go to specialty places Mm -hmm. that make like the bacon cheeseburger pizzas and stuff like that. Yeah. They usually, they'll put, you know, hamburger, bacon, and le- and then, like, a lot of the toppings that you would get on a burger would go on top of it. And so, like, the, a lot of times they put pickles on it as well and stuff. But, like, you know, so it, it's, it, for me, it wasn't, like, completely out of the ordinary because it's, you know, like, it's somewhat kind of been done. It, not, like, just pickles, but... So I thought, you know, I'd like to try that. You know, of course, I live in Wisconsin, so I'm like twenty, like twenty plus hours away from New York, and uh, I'm like, well, what I what I could do is just go and get the, one of these pizza fry things from from the the store, which is basically the you know the same thing as what their their base was, mm-hmm. and then I just cut, I just put a whole bunch of the pickle slices you know like that you can get in the store in a jar or whatever that i just laid them on top and then put a little bit more cheese on top to kind of have stuff that melts over it Agarats. and and in the in the video they they the people like of this this place in new york people were eating it with uh ranch sauce but i i don't know i like felt like that is a little too much just because <laughs> Just because, like, 
Well, you. I don't know. Like I, we, I kind of dunk. I do sometimes dunk my pizza and stuff, but I'm, I'm just. Uh, it's just not really something that I really do. So, like, I, I'm just, like, I want to just try it by itself, like, you know, as is to see how I like it. And, like, the the dill pickle, like, flavor with the cheese and, and everything else, it just, it's it was really good. It was <laughs> better than of, I it, thought. It's kind of like eating, uh, like, a sub or something. I, I don't want to say hamburger in a, in a sense because I don't think it had any, I, did, I think you said it didn't have any meat or anything. Nope, just just the just the cheese, the pickles, and the the, the, the garlic, garlic sauce. sauce. Okay, that's it. So that's why I'm thinking, like, okay, maybe like a sub in a sense. Um, yeah, because you can get a sub like you can get bread with a whole bunch of vegetable stuff on it, like a veggie sub. So yeah. I was kind of thinking that. Um, well, and it's you know, and I I mean ultimately like a lot of the things that you eat eat with pickles on it has usually has cheese on it as well so it's like not like you know uh, a cheeseburger with pickles see there's cheese and pickles there's some You're, people who put pickles on just regular hamburgers so yeah i can see that i mean it, it's it, like really like yeah like i just feel like it's not like not really that big of a deal like but but again, I'm i'm so used to like there's all different places now that make like uh -huh. so many different kinds of of you know like well, uh special pizzas well, and stuff like that me and my friends went out uh last thursday uh because my other friend came out of town we would go celebrate and my one friend uh ordered fried pickles and fried pickles are yeah. good and it has yeah. some kind of it has some kind of sauce and i was just like okay yes this is good you know you know i have my cheese curds uh we was we was eating that uh was you know, it b-dubs huh <laughs> Was it B Dubs? No, we was at Chili's. Oh, okay. Because B Dubs has like ha, they, or at least they had. I don't know if they still do. They had like one of the best. Like you get the fried pickles. Mm -hmm. The pickles would be battered and then they deep fry them. You know, each little yeah, same coin. Uh, yeah, yeah. Same, same as the one in uh in Chili's and stuff. But some of the oh, cheese okay. curds in Wisconsin are bigger than yeah. the ones because the cheese curds I had they were good. But they was almost the size as like tater tots, in a sense. Yeah. And okay. Okay. I think it's the Milwaukee Burger Company or something like that. If, like you go there and you get their cheese curds. Uh, the mugs is just like big yeah. ass, like super sized marshmallows. <laughs> I'm like, what the yeah. Hell is this? Well, be I think that's probably because like we use like actual cheese curds, like you know, um, like people who don't live in wisconsin or don't live by wisconsin don't like they've you've had cheese curds before but like what we consider cheese curds is kind of the same but different like here we eat like actual cheese curds like it's not the breaded stuff that you deep fry it's like we have these big like massive like you know like curly shrivelly kind of like chunks of cheese mm -hmm. and and so the idea is in cheese curds is uh people will you know put a chunk of cheese and batter deep fry them everywhere else um but i think what what happens at probably at the milwaukee uh burger place is the is they're taking our actual cheese curds like so the big you know honking ones and then they they'll batter them and deep fry them yeah and that's probably why they're bigger is because we're using like what we actually consider cheese curds versus just a little tiny you know like a uh, cylinder chunk of of cheese then but, breaded but because the, the, the way that you made it sound just like the way that it's supposed to be done is not breaded but it's like the cheese is fried which is which is sound rare like cheese curds <clears throat> well, have to be breaded some way. Yeah. Well, no, we we eat just cheese curds. It's not. They're not deep fried. They're not breaded. They're not anything. The cheese curds are are an actual form of the cheese before you bread it or you deep fry it too. Like we consider those cheese curds. We also considered the one deep fried cheese but curds. When that just but, like you just eating cheese. Well, yeah, like but it's, it's 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 the form, but but string cheese is called string cheese is because you can pull it, 
it's not it's not like that it's like it's hard to explain it's well it's because a block of cheese is kind of like square in a sense yeah and it it i guess when you cut into it or any way that you cut into it um it's still cheese but it's not in block form it's in a different shape yeah, so, it's, it's so that would like sound the, like you just eating regular. So it sounds like you were eating regular cheese. I might be getting this wrong too, folks. Um, I think I think it's a way it's produced as well. Like the, because because it looks like a like if it almost looks like if you were to melt melt a candle and the wax just falls randomly and mm-hmm. then falls into a a shape and then hardens that way. It's kind of like that's. Kind of like, I guess, almost like a little bit of fondue, in in a sense. Well, yeah, like it's fondue, natural cheese, something like. It's like you turn it somewhat into a liquid form, and then when it comes together, like uh, it dried up and gets hard, it's it's a solid form. Yeah, I guess I don't really know the process of how it's actually made, but like just visually, yeah, like I'm trying to come up with a like a way visually that it's it's kind of hard to to describe explain describe the shape because there is no no particular shape no no cheese curd looks the same mm-hmm. it's you know like they're because i don't know it's I hard to explain it's, I, but. I think a lot of us and even me it's just like when it comes to cheese curd is that like you said it's better in deep fry because yeah, uh, yeah everywhere else it is it yeah because in the inside the cheese is kind of chewy yeah uh yeah. So, um, cause what, what we do here is like, literally you can go to the gas stations, uh, you can go to the grocery stores and like the whole idea of cheese curds, like for us is like you get the, they'll package them in, you know, see through plastic bags yeah, and they, they portion up the cheese curds and then what, like what, what the, um, do you, uh, just play, eat, the, do you just eat yeah, them from the bag? Yeah, you eat them. Yeah, you just eat them from the bag like you would okay. be eating chips or whatever. Okay. And and so so basically, like what they pride themselves on, like the whole process of it, mm-hmm. is when the plant finishes making cheese curds, they get bagged up instantly, and then they instantly ship them out to like all the stores locally. For okay. pe- and then they put them right on the like on the counters a lot of the times at at like gas stations and stuff, and you like the whole idea is you want to get them while they're still kind of warm, because like when you bite into them they make this squeaking noise. Yeah, like it's it's really it's it's just a weird thing, but like yeah, like that's like what you know like when people talk about Wisconsin and Wisconsin talks about cheese curds that that's what we're talking about it's just plain cheese without any breading on it and the what? only warmth of it is from the process of it being finished and and then you know like excuse me and and of course they make all different flavors like of you course. can get dill dill you can get dill flavored ones you can get jalapeno flavored ones you can you know all that stuff but but yeah like it's it's hard to explain it but like well i i I, okay i get i get that i think i get the idea i think what you probably have to do is post a video uh yeah like try to find one on youtube and post it to the nintendo power block facebook page and Mm. to get an idea of it because okay so yes i think it's uh, it's a little bit gross uh <laughs> but i think because she was eating it as pizza fries it's not like you said it's not that bad you don't yeah. have to overreact um eating it on pizza though i i guess i i want to see i guess i would taste it if it had marinara sauce or pizza yeah. sauce or something yeah. um because and, and it may be some kind of like meat on it because it's just yeah. like even like this i mean this is not a, a sour and sweet kind of ordeal or anything you just think that you know pickles and the pickle juice being yeah. all on the pizza you just be like ah. <laughs> like th- yeah th- well that doesn't match or anything 
but, but well, yeah, yeah. But like, like was, I could see, like where you to worry about like the juice of it, like yeah. making it too watery or whatever. Yeah, and and yeah. like you mentioned, because we while we were talking earlier, it's just like having green olives on the pizza. Um, yeah. some people do do that. Uh, like for me, I do black olives. Black olives taste better yeah. than green olives. Like green olives is something that I could probably eat by itself or on a Ritz cracker with some meat and cheese, you know, be a little bit yeah. fancy. Uh, yeah. But like when I do pizza, mostly when I do like uh, a two topping pizza, I would probably do like sausage and uh, uh, black olives. Or if I'm able mm-hmm. to do uh, three toppings, I'll do like sausage, uh, black pepper. I mean, not black pepper, uh, black olive, and like a green pepper or something like that. Um, yeah, I'm starting to change it up though. I'm starting to mix it up. Do like <laughs> uh, chicken and all the turkey and and uh. just do all of this other stuff. And normally that's what happened. Dude, they had a sale for five ninety nine for a two top in large at Domino's for carry only. Dude, <laughs> I got on that thing quick and it's just like this is lunch for today and lunch for and dinner for work. Um, and it was super yeah. tasty. But everybody, that's going to be the show. Let us know what your piece of topping is. I want to know, will you guys actually try out uh, pizza with pickles on it? And if you have, and if you have tasted it, um, let us know what you guys think. And should me and Corey taste it? Cause we, we was, we're kind of gross out about it. Just like that doesn't match, but I'm willing to try. I, I would be willing to try that. I, well, I think what you should do is, like I said, try it. Like, um, do you guys have toppers? No, there is no? topper. Okay. There is a toppers in uh, Kenosha, so I would okay. have to drive up to uh, my I friend's d- house to go get some. I don't remember, but I think they put pickles on their bacon what, cheeseburger did pizza. You, did you mention that Uno's also do it too? Or was that uh, the green un- olives? Un- no, Uno's was those purple olives. Purple I, I olives, forget what okay. they're called. Yeah, but they're kind of like a mix between a black olive and a green olive. They're kind of soury, mm-hmm. like like a like a um, green olive, but it, I don't know. It's a it's a weird in between. It's it's an in between black and a green olive. Like like if you were to mix those two. Like the flavor of the two together, almost. But, but yeah, those those are good too. But yeah, yeah well, and and honestly, I mean, it's super easy though. Otherwise, like I like what we do a lot of the times is I honestly just go and get the you can get the individual pre made crusts and uh-huh. and you can put whatever toppings you want on yourself and and try it that way because then you know that way it's it would be cheap too. I mean, it, it no, wouldn't... someone's gonna cook it for me, and I'm going to. <laughs> Be man enough to eat it that way. <laughs> but you guys, let us know what you guys think. Or what is your toppings for pizza when you game and stuff like that? Um, you can email us short at nintendopowerblock at gmail.com. Um, you can find us on, on Twitter at nintendo underscore pblock and at Instagram nintendo underscore pblock if you would like to that. You can join us on the Facebook page at Nintendo Powerblock. You can also find our content on Nintendo Powerblock on YouTube and at NGRRadio.com. It goes live every Tuesday at 7 a.m. Uh, Jesse, where can we find you? You can find me on Twitter at PhantomMaggotAX and, and on SoundCloud as well. Yes. Uh, you can find Corey at CoreyNHD86. You guys can find me on Twitter at ThatRetroCode. You can also check out Optional Opinion on uh, SoundCloud, iTunes, TuneIn, Google Play, and other podcast apps. Also, everybody, the beauty of video games has wrapped up. Uh, the last podcast ep- episode featured my great friend Eric M. Hunter from ericmhunter.net. So you guys can check out that website. Uh, once again, I want to thank the uh, Trey and Jeremy from Nintendo Domain and Jesse White for coming on the show and um, giving me their opinions about uh, the art of the character. Um, I do have volume 5 in works. I already have the topic and stuff and I think it's going to be a great one that you guys will want to tune in. But that will be all for next year. So everybody as we leave 
Have a great week. Have a great weekend. If you're playing Mario Party uh this Friday, or if you guys are thinking it, uh picking it up, um, I want to see you guys tweet. Uh, I, uh, post on post on the Nintendo Facebook page, the Nintendo Power Block Facebook page. I want to see what you guys think of the game and if you're having fun. I want to hear about shenanigans. If you plan on getting drunk, <laughs> be safe. I would say. Uh, I would like to hear your guys' stories on playing this game. But as always, everybody, we will see you next time on Nintendo Pop Block. Woohoo! Bye. <laughs>